It is Tuesday, January 31st. I'm Scott Sutton. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The 49ers with some quarterback concerns. And Texas Tech stuns Iowa State. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Brock Purdy, torn UCL, long road to recovery. Luka scores 53 in the Mavericks W. And Iowa State blows a 20 three-point lead. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll go with the NFL, and we're here. The Super Bowl is set. Super Bowl 57. Did I get those numbers right? Reading Roman numerals now is just so... It's so odd. They need to move away from Roman numerals. You know, they did for a couple of years. They they were just giving the numbers, right? They weren't doing the Roman... Like For Super Bowl 55, I think they just went 5-5. They didn't... Did the, they? Did the logo have? Uh, no, I'm was sure as new Roman you know, numerals. It, it was Super Bowl LV. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a thing. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think we're done. I think we're done with the Roman. Numerals. I'm over it. Uh, the numerals that matter, though, are the current odds, which shifted a little bit from yesterday morning. Uh, we're now at Eagles minus two, pretty much across the board. Uh, totals anywhere between 49 and a half and 50. Shop around and. Uh, let's start with the news of a team that won't be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That being the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. And the San Francisco 49ers have a real decision to make now because it was just kind of assumed after this magical run of Brock Purdy that we would go into next season and Brock Purdy was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think it was a debate. I think everyone kind of understood that. Yet Maybe there were some people saying, oh, let it be a competition between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. But... If Brock Purdy, even if they lost this game and he stayed healthy, he won the final five games of the regular season, putting up ridiculous numbers, led them to the NFC Championship game, and going into next season, he deserved to be the starting quarterback. Not to be in a competition with Trey Lance, but to be the starting quarterback. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. And it, Brock Purdy, we found out yesterday, has a torn UCL. What we don't know is if it's completely torn, uh, like what to what degree it's torn. And a lot of the times, that's what that's what we find out is if uh, there's instability, uh, things like that. That's what decides whether or not you have Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. And Brock Purdy doesn't want to have surgery. Obviously, he's a young guy. You know, yep. have Tommy John surgery at a young age. Uh, although some people say it makes your arm strong. Yeah, kids are getting uh, it now earlier a, and earlier. It, they say it's a lot better to get it at 18 than it is at uh, 31. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But the and I, from what I understand, the 49ers are saying, hey, just go ahead and knock it out. Get the surgery yeah, of done. Of course. Get, get Trey yourself Lance right. went ahead and got his surgery. You know, Jimmy G, everyone got their procedures. So this is uh, obviously whatever happens with this injury – determines what happens with the 49ers going forward. I, I, they are, honestly, I, I think it doesn't even matter now. I think the fact that he has this injury opens up the door for a an open competition. I think so. Camp next year. I, 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 if Brock Purdy was 100% healthy, it was his job. I agree. Even if he doesn't have surgery, I don't think it's his job anymore because you know what? 
You're going to have to see it. Got Wally you're, Pipped. You're going to have to see. Well, Trey Got Wally Lance, Pipped Trey by the Lance, Wally Pipper. Trey Lance got Wally Pipped. Yeah. But, no, you're going to have to see him throw. You're going to have to see the arm being healthy. You can't go into next year assuming he's your guy. So I think it has to be an open competition between Brock Purdy coming off of a UCL tear and Trey Lance coming off the ankle. And here's what we've got. I, I I don't think anybody knows certainly whether or not Trey Lance is a, an NFL starting quarterback, like if, if that's what his ceiling is. We don't know. But this is where the 49ers now look smart because there was a lot of people saying, trade him, trade him, like, you know, package him up, move him out, get something for him, any kind of return you can get. I was of the belief that, man, if you can get, if you can get a second rounder for Trey Lance, do it. Mm-hmm. Now it's really smart that they didn't because at a minimum, they've got a guy who seems to have some upside who is going to be ready around the time training camp kicks off and can at least be your quarterback until Brock Purdy's ready. If So worst-case scenario, Trey Lance is not good. He All you got to do is survive until Brock Purdy can come back. Best-case scenario, Trey Lance starts to blossom into what some people thought he was capable of, and now you've got – Maybe Brock Purdy's the expendable, uh, you know, all, the expendable mm-hmm. player like that you could trade off. And think, of, I mean, imagine this, Mister Irrelevant. If Brock Purdy had come out of this game fully healthy, and that, now had he come out of this game fully healthy, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. What what kind of a haul could you have gotten in a trade for him? Pretty good one. Like, did, I, I, I don't know. I, did the Texans give up the first round, the first pick for him, no. or the, the second pick for him? No. no. no nobody's given up a first rounder for no. Brock Purdy. No. I don't know. I don't know third, if that's true. Third and a sixth. I, I mean, I, if I'm the 49ers, I'd laugh at that. I, I mean, All right. Well, look at this. Look at this. Look at how much money he's making. You got five years. You got four years left of, this, of, well, of no, the last got, pick in the draft. You got, what, two years left? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah not, as, not as long now. So, yeah, I don't know. But well, either ask, way. Let me ask a question. Is it crazy to think that they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think that ship has sailed. I think they have to start moving away from that. They know what the ceiling is on that. And again, you, this is you. They they had already made that decision last year, like which was a ballsy decision at the they time. Brought him back though. It was, but that was because of an injury. Like, yeah. I think now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get paid well. I think he's going to be like a top twenty paid quarterback in the league. I, I don't think the 49ers can do that. You know, uh, because then you're hamstringing yourself on if if Trey Lance is good, you're gonna have to pay him. Like you, you, you don't have a lot of options there. Well, let, so, let's let's bring in our 49ers insider in Mackenzie Rivers because he's obviously got he's a little closer to the situation than we are. Uh, but Mac, let me ask you this question: Is the Week One starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers Week One 2023? Is that quarterback currently on the 49ers roster? 51-49. I think it's dead even. Wow. Would not be shocked if it's Trey Lance. Maybe 40, maybe 20% Trey Lance, 30, 28% Rock Purdy, 49% somebody else. Okay. Is is Jimmy Garoppolo in that other 49% or does he have his own uh, category? I don't think so. I just think there's just too much uh, too much history there. It's time to move on, yeah, right? Fresh page, I think. Okay. Is... Tom Brady. And that's the name that everybody's going to want to talk about. In one of those categories. About six weeks ago, my cousin Kyle said something that I would not have suspected he would say. He was like, yeah, we were wrong. 
we, we should have got him. We should have got Brady when we had the chance and not stuck with Jimmy G who got hurt and played like four of the next 20 games after we made that decision. But uh, I think he also said this. He also said Brady is throwing it as good now as he's ever seen anybody throw it. He said that, you know, middle of the season, maybe got a little bit less off the fastball since then. But yeah, I think, think about they're think entertaining of, it for sure. Think about the Bucks roster that Brady went to knowing that he had maybe one more shot at winning a Super Bowl. He went to a roster that was had you know good playmakers on the outside. Granted, Gronk came with him, which was a huge boost, but the 49ers have a Gronkowski-like type player yeah. in George Kittle. They have playmakers on the outside, but more importantly, defense. He had a team that he didn't have to win games. Now, he did win his fair share of games, but with that defense of the Bucks, they were in every game. With the defense of the 49ers, they're in every game. I think it's a, to me, it's one of the best situations that Tom Brady can go into next year if he plays next year. I wonder, like, the 49ers have a, a pretty uh, substantial amount of free agents in the market this all like I wonder how the 49ers are going to keep their roster intact. Do you have a feel on that McKenzie? Like who are the priority guys? Cuz obviously, you know, it, it feels like you want to keep as much of that defense together as you can, but obviously it's it's hard to keep everybody. Nick Bosa is going to be the highest paid defensive player probably by the end of the summer. Uh, and he's not even one of the free agents. So yeah. it's like a guy you're extending. Yeah, Jimmy Ward, looking at the list here. Emmanuel Mosley, probably our best corner that didn't get to play this season. Aminahu, Ridgeway, all the, bo- both free agents. Like, Yeah, honestly, looking at the list, I'm actually relieved because it's not Fred Alexander. It's not Drake Greenlaw. It's really not anybody that uh, I would say is you know a top five guy on the, on the defense. And if you are just going at it with the two quarterbacks that are on your roster and Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, you don't have to worry about spending money on a quarterback. That's true. So you and can afford to bring guys back. You can afford to pay Bosa. Oh, Emmanuel. Mo- I keep hearing that Brady's going to take a discount too. Emmanuel Mosley. He always does. He always does. Brady always takes uh, team friendly deals in order to get guys to to play with him. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and assuming they bring him back, and maybe you actually get a discount on him now that he he's coming off the torn ACL. But that'd be a, that, I mean that'd almost be like signing somebody else's free agent because he's a guy you didn't have for most of this year. Yeah. So that'd be a nice addition either way, you know, if you, if they bring him back. I think the, the quarterback situation is obviously the, the most pressing one, but we saw what this team was able to do with Brock Purdy winning those five final games of the regular season in the manner in which they did. I think there's no reason not to believe that this team is one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year, regardless of their quarterback situation. They've got a fantastic roster. They've got a fantastic coach. The, I mean, it's the kind of team that you want to you want to believe in, but I mean, it's 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 true. You have to have a quarterback, and they, you know all the talk of anybody can do this in Shanahan's offense. Well, you know, maybe his offense is more quarterback friendly than most. Maybe it's easier for Joe Schmo to walk in off the street than it is to to go do you know it, you know Belichick's offense or, or or something like that, but. I think without question, we saw in this playoff game, you still got to be able to throw the ball. Like it's it, it not just anybody can. And I mean, RJ brought up the numbers. Like when it's not 
when it's not uh, Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. it's been bad. Yeah. And that said, I was excited when Joe John- when Josh Johnson got out there. I was not excited when Josh Johnson left, and we had zero quarterbacks. Left. Yeah, it but, was another level. But you were also, I mean, when when Josh Johnson fumbled the snap off his face, not you, ideal. You were probably like, "What are you doing?" And we talked about it yesterday it was the game changing play. It was, and and this is the crazy thing about Josh Johnson. Like when I think of Josh Johnson, and he's been on like a hundred teams, but I think the reason he's been on a hundred teams because I think he's a really smart guy. I think he he grasps playbooks very quickly. And he's known as a guy who doesn't make big mistakes, which is really unfortunate that he made a big mistake mm-hmm. in, in that spot. Uh, but I think that in, in that situation, it was like, man, of, you would have expected this guy who's like a a true professional quarterback, a guy who's been around the league and done it for a long time. You'd think that he would be, you know, the kind of guy who could who, who could handle the moment. It wasn't like a I didn't read the playbook type mistake. It was like I can't catch a football. This moment's too big for me type mistake. I, that's He's what just I think not it good was. Good enough to be playing in the NFC Championship game. And the 49ers, by the way, the third favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, behind the Chiefs, the Bills, then the Eagles, uh, fourth, the Bengals, fifth, Cowboys, sixth. Oh, is that okay. The, is that the Chargers at seventh? <laughs> Uh, Let's go. Ravens eight, the Jags Chargers nine. Now Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator. Oh my gosh! How about this? The Lions open up as top ten in the Super Bowl odds. Better than the Packers. Better wow. than the Vikings. Check that out. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he owns Detroit. Oh Biden wow! Dan Campbell's. Give me the Jets. Lions twenty to one. Vikings forty to one. Who's down there at the bottom? Wait, wait. wait what's, the, the, what's the Jets at? Give me the Jets. You don't Jets, Jets forty to one. The They're Jets. tied for the sixteenth favorite. I want the Jets because when they get Aaron Rodgers, they're winning. The- ah, all right. Uh, Houston and Arizona tied at the bottom, pl- hundred and fifty to one. Does that number say Kyler Murray doesn't play at all next year? A hey, oh boy, it kind of feels that way, right? Yeah. The, the, and they didn't have a coach yet. No. 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 <laughs> Although Houston, it looks like, and we may find out as soon as today, but all the reports I'm seeing out of Houston are. Today is D'Amico Ryan's day, and it, when when we started talking about these coaching openings, I said the Texans are going to try to get D'Amico Ryan's. I I assumed everybody would try to get him, uh, and apparently Denver is kind of the last hurdle. They're still very much in on D'Amico mm-hmm. Ryan's, but I think D'Amico Ryan's could be a complete culture changer for the Houston Texans, who are in desperate need yeah. of culture change. I would agree and with that. I, I think having a young, fiery guy like that, who I, I think he, he's clearly proven himself as a coach, but also has a history in the building. The fans already love and respect him. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's one of the 10 best players in the history of the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be coaching the football. Like, that'd be huge for, for the Texans. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the team still stinks. Listen, but that's the beauty, and that's what made I said made the the Texans job more appealing than some of these other jobs. Is it's a blank a blank canvas? Mm-hmm. Like you you here's all these draft picks, here's all this cap room. There's almost no dead cap on this team. Go out and build yourself a team. I think that's very appealing to coaches. I, I mean, particularly a, a guy who's who's kind of young in the game. Like I I, I always say this like. If this is your first head coaching job, be careful because if you're attached to things that cost more than you do. Yeah. And and a great example of this is Russell Wilson right now in Denver. If Russell Wilson is a failure, there's no chance that your coaching tenure can be a success. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't work. So 
With the Texans, it's a blank slate, and you don't have to worry about if this guy's a bust. Okay, if that guy's a bust, no big deal. We're not married to that guy. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, whoever they take in this year's draft, either one or two, depending on what they do, I assume is going to be a quarterback that they would – obviously, his success would be great. But, again, we've seen first-round quarterbacks – Wash out of the league in two or three. I mean, Josh Rosen was out after a year. You can you can hit reset pretty quick. But if you're married to a massive contract and you don't have wiggle room, there's no way out of it. So I I, I think Houston's an appealing job, and I, I think it's appealing to D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans is a perfect fit for the Texans. The offense could be pretty good if, you know, Bry, let's say Bryce Young's the quarterback, right? You 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 know your running back situation's Damian pretty Pierce good. looks like he's a good player. So... I think a couple players here or there on defense, and maybe, maybe, maybe you turn it around. The division stinks, so yeah. you can be competitive from three and thirteen. Can they go? Can they win seven games next year? No. Well, I think, I think six they, wins. I think they probably win five or six games. Okay. But it's a. I mean, you're right. There's so much on defense that needs to be overturned, and really, like Damian Pierce is nice. Who's your playmakers? Like they don't really have any. No. Um, DeAndre, no, no, not DeAndre Hopper. And <laughs> and now Laramie Tunsil wants to be paid. He wants to be the highest paid tackle in football. It's like, yeah. oh, do do you want to do that with a young team? I don't know. The alternative is put Bryce Young behind a, a an offensive line without one of the better left tackles in football. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's an interesting one to me. I'm curious how 49ers fans are seeing uh, D'Amico leaving. Is this, do you think this is a big loss or don't is, go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's kind of the way I felt about Brian Dayball last year. It's like, dude deserves a job, but it's like, boy, it should be nice to have that guy for another year. Then again, Robert Sala left in the 49ers probably That's got true. better. <laughs> it's funny how it works, isn't it? It's funny how it works. So uh, the 49ers, though, I think are, in my opinion, they are the most interesting team to watch in the offseason Simply because, well, I guess the Packers are in that conversation too because of Aaron Rodgers exclusively. But because I think they are such a great roster, they are a built-to-win-now team that just needs, they they need to drop a quarterback in. And whether it's one of the guys they've got on roster right now or not, like, McKenzie, what's the level of quarterback that you'd be comfortable with at, like, as a free agent coming in, like you'll say, you know what? I feel good. Like, is Baker Mayfield good enough? Like, if if Baker Mayfield signed a one year deal with the 49ers to be their quarterback next year, would you feel positively or negatively about that? I think ability wise, maybe neutral with where Purdy is with Trey Lance's right now, but I wouldn't feel good about it because when we brought Christian McCaffrey in, it's like, yeah, it's very expensive. You know, a couple of years, he's supposed to be here for three, four years. It's not. Uh, you know, quick fix, microwave type team. So talent-wise, yeah, Baker Mayfield's probably good enough. Derek Carr's probably good enough to, you know, at least get us back to where we were contending. I want to have more optimistic for the long term. That's why I hope it's uh, it's a younger quarterback. Yeah. Or Tom Brady. I'd I'd take Tom Brady. It's funny. Derek Carr, I think, would be – I mean, Derek Carr, to me, would be – an, an instant – like, Derek Carr would be – Derek Carr's better than Brock Purdy. Derek Carr's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe. Uh, and you put him in that with that roster, oh, my God. The problem is Derek Carr costs assets, and that's the one thing the 49ers are short on. They're not short on talent. They're short on draft picks to give up to get a guy like Derek yeah, Carr. They, they, they don't have a pick this this draft until the third round. Yeah, so it, it's probably going to have to go the free agent route, and I don't see Derek Carr. I mean, maybe he gets cut outright. I don't know. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's possible. Derek Carr has a no-trade clause, which I've said, I don't know why Derek Carr doesn't say, no, you're not trading me. You can cut me and pay me. 
or I'm going to be the quarterback here next year. I think Derek Carr would be a nice quarterback for the uh, 49ers. I, I mean, from a talent standpoint, yeah. it, like he's he's best available. Mm-hmm. Derek, like, if I, who's going to have a better year next year, Derek Carr or Tom Brady? Are you? I mean, are you comfortable saying Derek Carr? I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. I think it's a toss-up. I feel like the 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 upside of Derek Carr at this point is higher. I, maybe not. Maybe that's not even. Maybe this. Maybe the floor is lower for Brady. That's what I think it is. Because it could just be like we. If you see Brady like from the first six weeks of the season, then it's like oh it's Brady. Oh boy, it, it, that's awesome. But if you get like the mid mid year Tom Brady, where I was like, who is this guy? Then I guess I I don't know. Become, that's the question because 2019 Brady the last eight weeks was like oh he's done oh he turned into a pumpkin eventually it happens to everybody that's what it looked like the last couple months but maybe he's got one more year in him. You know who I hear is available? Cooper Rush. <laughs> well, let me give you undefeated right? <laughs> I Pretty think close so. to Mackenzie, let me give you a, a hypothetical. Okay, shoot. Would you make this deal? 2024 first round pick. Trey Lance. For Aaron Rodgers. So we get two years on his deal left. And he's probably going to play out and want $50 million a year. It's from Northern California. And he's like already crazy. expensive, mind you. You trade your 2024 first round picks. I don't think you can do no, that. I, and no. you, and Unlike Brady, where I think it's like fantasy stuff, like make-believe stuff, he can be good forever. I think Rodgers might be like not really that interested in football at the moment. So I, I agree. I would not be super excited about that deal. I, I think that that tr- I would rather have Baker Mayfield for a year, knowing that Baker Mayfield's nowhere near what Aaron Rodgers could be, and then use that 2024 first and find a quarterback of the future. Like if, if Trey Lance doesn't work out. Because what you're giving up there is two lottery tickets for Aaron yeah. Rodgers, who's like the scariest thing to own. Because if, I mean, if, if he plays great, and we saw him, he seemed motivated at the end of this year. Still wasn't enough to get him back in it, but like, what if you get that first half of Aaron Rodgers? What if you get the back-to-back MVP? <laughs> you know, like with but, uh, what, like with what, that, McK- what McKenzie offense, said with what, McCaffrey with Debo. You but know? what McKenzie said is true. Like, outside of Tom Brady, who keeps getting better at this age? Like, yeah, no one. So do you, if we, if we assume that Tom Brady's this magical unicorn that can play until he's fifty, and no one else can do it? Do we? I mean, you're risking a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically risking four first round picks. Yeah, because you got three invested in Trey Lance mm-hmm. to say we think Aaron Rodgers still has a run in him at, at age forty. I, I don't but, know. But you're the 49ers. Your window is now. You're only you're, this window is only going to be two more years. Three, three, no, three at the right. most. That's why I say the 49ers are the most interesting t- team to watch this offseason. Like you it, just ended this segment. Like as if it was a TikTok video. You watch TikTok? I don't. Mackenzie, you watch TikTok? It was very TikTok-esque. It was so TikTok-esque because because the TikTok videos, they you, you, like people start with like an explanation and then they end it so that it the sent the, the it last it back sentence, together. The last sent so when it starts over. So it's like you said the 49ers, exactly. It's like the 49ers are the most intriguing team this uh, this offseason. You talk for two minutes, and then at the <laughs> end of your TikTok, you say, and that is why, and you pause, and then it restarts. The 49ers are the most intriguing team this offseason. I am so hip. <laughs> AJ, the NFL announced the salary cap for next season, and with that announcement comes the figures for the franchise tag. Yeah, and we could go through all of these, um, but we won't. But let's talk about the the key numbers, the key players, really. And I think there's a couple decisions to be made, and I think the two biggest quarterback decisions 
that will be made this season or this offseason are Daniel Jones mm-hmm. with the New York Giants and Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks. Lamar Jackson? Uh, I, I, you know what? I guess so. Yeah, I guess that that one does. Uh, that, that's a that's a good point. Lamar Jackson, big decision as well. Thirty-two point four million dollars. Lamar worth it. Lamar's absolutely worth it. And, and you don't have to lock him. You don't have to. You don't have to commit long term because you're afraid of injuries. See, I fall in the category of I prefer to just pay Lamar long term because if you pay him now, he's going to get. Uh, we we see this every time. The next guy who gets paid gets paid like it's an insane amount. Like, if you say this is the amount you got to pay Lamar Jackson and it's the same amount of money that Kyler Murray's getting right now, do you really feel like you're getting ripped off? Like, I got Lamar Jackson for the price of a Kyler Murray. That seems like a good deal. It's like you go to the, the Benz dealership and you pay <laughs> Ford Escort prices. It's like, that, that feels good. If I can get Lamar Jackson for what the, the going rate is on Kyler Murray, I feel like I'm winning. That said, I get the Ravens have their their consternations about it. I would just pay the guy. I think Geno Smith is the easiest yes to the franchise tag. Um, no. You don't think so? I'm not paying him $32 million. I'm paying him $32 million for one year of football because I don't want to pay Geno Smith long term. Uh, but if I do use that franchise tag on him, I have to draft a rookie quarterback this season and start to groom him. Like he's got to be, he's got to be ready to go this time, twenty twenty five. Geno Smith made three point five million dollars last year. Now you're gonna pay him thirty two million dollars. So think about it. You had him for two years. Well, I mean, you had him for three years. Really, he paid got three the year before that, right? So you'd be paying him basically thirteen a year over three years. You don't feel bad about that. I would offer him a short-term deal, give him like $20 million a year, and he's happy. And he says yes. Well, I mean, do you want? Do you think Geno Smith can get you to a Super Bowl? No. Then that's why I'm saying keep him this year, let him keep you competitive, find a rookie quarterback, have him ready to start the next season. All right, but you're paying Geno Smith $33 million this yeah. year. I mean, it, it sucks, but uh, you know that's the them's the breaks. Daniel Jones, I'm it gonna. Would, it would, it's G, Geno Smith would be the tenth highest cap hit at the quarterback position. Yeah, for one year. For one year, I, I can handle that. Okay. What do you do with Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones gets a deal. Okay, what kind and of deal? I've talked about this before. I'd give him three years, hundred million dollars. What he did in the last playoff game didn't change your mind at all. No. Okay, because he looked he looked a lot like 2020 Daniel Jones in that game. Yeah. What if Daniel Jones says, "All right, I want three years, 110 million dollars, or I'm not signing." I'd give it to him. Okay, then it sounds like Daniel Jones should ask for at least 110 million. So you you're saying you give Daniel Jones? You're talking about like 37 mil a year? No, no. Uh, so maybe Derek Carr got three 121, right? Yeah. That was the Derek Carr deal. I think that yeah, I think three. I think three for a hundred is fair for Daniel Jones. But that's the thing; <laughs> they're not going to say what's fair. Okay, yeah. I'll take it. I want twelve million more than whatever you think is fair. All right, then I'll give you the fourth year. I'll give you. I'll give you three years. Three years, a hundred million, with a team option for a fourth year that can get the deal up to one twenty. Hmm. Show me the money. Let's get it done. And I guarantee. I'll guarantee you. Seventy-five million guaranteed. Here's what I think about Daniel Jones. Uh, 
Who says no to that deal, by the way? Come on. Not bad. What I believe about and Daniel I'll put Jones. And playoff incentives, too, that he can get the maximum the deal could be worth is 131. How about that? <laughs> and I like Daniel if Jones. If he gets MVP awards and stuff like that. I like Daniel Jones, but the idea of of paying him franchise quarterback money is difficult for me because I just, I mean, Brian Dayball just shows up and suddenly he's good. That makes me think. You can't deny the way he played this year, though. And sure. and and the thing is, the quarterback position in the NFL is one where it's it's supply and demand. You have to pay for what you, or else you don't have it. Right. You have to pay for it. It might not be the best, but if you don't have one, you got to pay for one. And so, yes, Daniel Jones. Or you draft one. Or you draft one. And you get him on the cheap and let yeah. Brian Dayball pick his guy? What? Who are the Giants drafting? I, mean, I guess it's not a quarterback. It's a quarterback top-heavy draft Yeah, with Stroud and Young. But at the end of the first round, do you think the Giants are getting a quarterback that's going to be start for them this Anthony year? Richardson? It's going to start for them this year? I, I don't know. I don't, that's why I'm saying you could use the franchise tag on him. Use so the franchise, franchise tag and Daniel draft Jones a quarterback. See what happens in the draft? Yeah. I don't hate it. Okay, well, here's the other thing. And the Giants, I think, one of two teams uh, that may be in a position where they could consider franchising their running back. Saquon Barkley is 26 years old and a free agent. I'm scared to pay any running back who's 26 years old long-term money mm-hmm. because I know by the, by the end of that deal, he's going to be 30, and it's probably going to be dead money. Um, the other one is here in Vegas, Josh Jacobs, who is 25 years old. I mean, he, he feels like he's got a lot less uh, usage on him than Saquon Barkley does, a lot fewer mm-hmm. miles. So uh, that one I'm, I'm more open to giving him a, a, a long-term deal. I don't know if the Raiders are, though, because I don't – I mean, the Raiders feel like a sort of a headless franchise right now. I don't know what, what direction they're going in. Well, the good thing about Saquon – and the good thing for the Giants and with Daniel Jones in their situation, the Giants are projected to have the third most cap space okay. in the league. Ten, and by the way, 10.1. That's, that's pretty good for Saquon and Daniel Jones. 10.1 is the franchise for the, the running backs this year. So Yeah, I got no problem. Who's the highest paid running back in the league right now? McCaffrey, right? Uh, is it still McCaffrey? McKenzie, McCaffrey makes the most out of He makes like $16 million a year, right? Yes, that is the highest cap hit. Kamara, Elliott, both at $15 million. Okay. So oh, Elliot's never going to see that number. So again. then, ten mils, ten mils a discount. It does feel like a discount. Uh, as far as receivers go, I don't know that there's any that warrant uh, discussion. I guess no. I'm I'm going to say no. There's no receivers that really warrant much discussion. Nelson Aguilar. That would be a Patriots. Unlike move. Aguilar, <laughs> that would be a very Patriots move uh, to do that. So, uh, but the wide receiver hits nineteen million dollars, nineteen point seven million dollars. In fact, uh, that's the defensive end number too. Yeah, that's the same number for defensive ends. Linebacker, by the way, second highest number, twenty point nine million. If you want to franchise a linebacker this year, that's what it'll cost you. Uh, the cheapest hit, you want to franchise a kicker or a punter? Is that because Roquan Smith got his five-year sure. $100 million yeah. <laughs> deal? Uh, 5.4 for the kickers and the punters. Uh, you know why also the linebacker uh, number is so high? Why is that? Because guys like T.J. Watt and Joey Bosa 
Outside linebackers. Or outside linebackers. Ah. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. These are not defensive ends. These are outside linebackers. So TJ Watts, $28 million a year. Joey Bosa's $27 million a year. That's under the linebacker position. So that's why the franchise tag, which is the average of the top salaries, that's why the linebacker position is the second highest amongst franchise tags. And that's why you'd be an idiot if you gave a franchise tag to a middle linebacker. Yes. <laughs> well, which is funny because that's where, that's the situation that the Bills are in right now. Uh, with Tremaine Edmonds, who's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, he's 25. I assume you just pay him. Yeah, just get a deal done. Uh, yeah, but, uh, he, again, a middle paying middle linebackers, outside linebacker money d- doesn't seem like a, a long-term smart uh, business decision. They should just change the position. Just call them edge rushers. Yeah. That's what they say with the NFL draft, right? Yeah. Players are edge, edge rushers, right? Yeah, but, I mean— George Karloff this, edge. But how do you—I mean— <laughs> When I I don't know. I guess it just it does depend on what what scheme you end up in. That, that's how you get labeled because. Well, if you're a three four, you're an edge rusher. Right. You're a three four linebacker. You're an edge but if you're a four three defensive end, I you're mean, a defensive end. You're not. Yeah. So is Von, I guess Von Miller gets paid that defensive end money then. Von Miller is. He's a defensive end, not a yeah. linebacker, right? No, Von Miller's an outside linebacker. He gets. Oh, geez, I don't know. He got a forty five million dollar deal. I feel like if you put your hand on the ground, you're a defensive end. Uh, maybe I'm old school. Put your hand on the ground, you're a defensive end. Three point stance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, you know, just saying. Edge. It's now just edge. Everybody's rush. an edge. Everyone's Good for them. An edge. Uh, the cornerback Remember number. Those, those commercials. Derek Jeter. He's got an edge. That's true. Yeah. Cornerback number eighteen point <laughs> one million. So uh, as that position becomes more and more valuable, right? It's almost on par now with uh, offensive lineman at eighteen point two million. And like McKenzie said, you'd be dumb to franchise a, uh, a an inside linebacker. You'd be dumb to franchise tag a guard. Uh, it just the, the, you've got to because they're grouped by positions. You got to be smart. Mm-hmm. You, you know you can't just it, it, not all positions are outside linebackers should be get, should be getting paid more than inside linebackers. Tackles should be getting paid more than guards and centers. That's just the way the NFL works. It's n- that's nothing new there. So uh, just unless to look, you're the Colts, then all the rules are out the window. The rule there's no rules with the Colts. There's <laughs> no, I mean you, you we need a head coach. Who do we hire? I don't know. Get the guy off ESPN. He sounded <laughs> hey, smart yesterday in Indy. Every day is Saturday. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right, so that's a look at the franchise tag numbers for 2023. Let's take a look at the NBA where Detroit tried to get in Luka's head, and it didn't backfired. Work. It didn't work. Uh, Luka had himself a pretty good night, McKenzie. I'd say so. Uh, 53 points. Mavs win 111-105. Now, Luka's been... Part he's been a big culprit of this, but that is the 19th 50-point game in the NBA this season. Uh, it is now the third most before the All-Star break since 1962. What is going on with this surge of scoring? Why are we seeing so many guys? Like, like I mean, obviously it feels like totals are up in general. Yeah, but it feels like the dominant players are just taking over games more often than they normally do. What what are we seeing here? Yeah, so it hit the first point. Scoring's up, and it's way up. Eight points per game higher this year than it was last year. But let's go back to the last time we saw this kind of performance because it's not just some people are scoring more. Specific people are scoring more. In the 60s, it was Chamberlain, Baylor, guys like that. Russell, I guess now from the scoring perspective. But we see a thinning out where the average height in the NBA is no longer 6'8". It's more like 6'6". 
So anyone with a physical advantage, Jokic, Embiid, the two favorites for MVP, or even Luka Doncic, who's like a six-eight point guard, six-seven point guard, you know, big stocky guy. Or Giannis. There's just man. not a lot of guys that specialize in defense. Giannis is another one. There's not a lot of guys that can specialize in stopping Giannis because you need shooting out there to keep up with the, with the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's if you like offense, it's been a fun season, and especially I, if you like individual offense. Yeah. And well, and, and I'm sure the NBA is thrilled about this because. That's kind of the whole thing, right? You want to make star players. No doubt. More Guy, than any other league, it's a face league. It's not a helmet league. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, what, what are we, what's the biggest story of the NBA night? Whoever scored the most points. Yeah, Generally, it's, it's that's who the put biggest up story of the night. Who put up 50 tonight? Yep. It, tonight or last night it was Luka. So that's who, that's who we're talking about this morning. Uh, I, I think it's great for the NBA. I, I'm curious if it – I mean, do, do we think that scoring is, – is, is this, like, here to stay? Like, do you think th- these this is the new norm for the NBA? It's a good question because none of the stats seem like ridiculous. Like the league-wide shooting percentage is 36% from three. That's exactly what I would have guessed, you know, throwing a, throwing a dart at the wall. So I think, yeah, I think I would actually like a slower pace, you know, more playoff-style game, but there's no reason why the NBA would like that and the average fan would like that, you know. They're not sophisticated like me. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it, the, give the people what they want, and that's what they're doing. That's what people like to see. Well, I mentioned that the uh, the Mavericks got the win last night. Elsewhere, the Magic upset win over the Sixers, 119-109. Paolo Banquero, 29-9 in that game. Uh, Lakers fall short again, 104-121. We knew there was going to be no LeBron and no Anthony Davis. That's why the line went from pick to nine in an instant, and... Still wasn't enough as the Nets get a 17-point win. The Kings, 118-111 winners on the road at Minnesota. Speaking of road wins and speaking of stars, uh, Steph Curry puts up 38 points, 12 assists, two rebounds shy of a triple-double as the Warriors get a 128-120 win at OKC. Wizards, 127-106 winners in San Antonio. The Raptors fall in Phoenix, 114-106. And the Blazers beat the Hawks. 129 to 125. And you might be thinking, well, that's great, but that happened. What's going on in the NBA tonight? And I'm here to tell you. Miami Heat, they are five-point dogs at my Cavaliers. Uh, The Lakers, plus two and a half at Scott's New York Knickerbockers. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. (laughs) The Hornets. Plus 11.5 at the Bucks, Clippers minus 3 at the Bulls. And the Pelicans plus 7.5 at the Nuggets. And McKenzie, you're on a uh, nice little run in the NBA, huh? Yeah, 4-1 and one of my last five. Positive on the season. And I got plenty more for the rest of the year. Love it. It, it, it. I mean, it feels like it feels good when we're all winning here. Let's go. I like winning. My my college hoops is on fire. Scott's been killing hockey all year. McKenzie killing the NBA again. It feels good, boys. Feels good after a good NFL. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a happy camper right now. Scott, what's going on on the ice? Speaking of your hockey, so the All Star break fast approaching. There was just one game on the schedule last night. The Jets with a four two win over the Blues gave that out at pregame.com. Jets in regulation, they win. They also cover the puck line. So if you wanted to bet the puck line last night, congratulations, you got that win as well. Three games on the schedule for tonight. The Kings are at the Hurricanes. Carolina minus two ten with a total 
of six. Capitals at the Blue Jackets, Washington minus 210, total six and a half. And the Senators at the Canadiens, Ottawa minus 190 with a total of six and a half. There's two games on Wednesday. And that's it. The NHL will head towards the All-Star break. Now, the Hurricanes are an interesting case because they also play on Wednesday. So they have a game tonight against the Kings and then a back-to-back on Wednesday as they will be the, one of the last teams to head to the All-Star break. The rest of the teams that are playing tonight are looking ahead to the All-Star break. So even though it's Capitals and Blue Jackets, and I would love to bet the over because it's probably going to be our boy Merzlikens, I, I got to see what the goaltending matchup is. I tend to lean under in these games right before the All-Star break, you know? Mackenzie, I don't know if it's like this in the NBA, but I just feel like players look forward to the breaks. Yes, that's actually a trend that we follow closely in the NBA, but it goes the other way. They're looking forward towards the break, so they stop playing defense. Uh, hustle mm. usually leads to less points in the NBA. Might be the opposite in hockey. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, you look back on Sunday, both games went under. On yesterday's game, t- pushed a total of six. And tonight we have two games at six and a half, one game at six. Uh, I, I kind of lean towards the unders. I think maybe this is going to be, uh, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe big teams picture wise, ahead. in hockey, do you think high intensity leads to lower scoring? Or in the regular season, or what do you make of? Uh, why do you think it's slower scoring before the I before do, the All Star break? Because I just don't think there's. I don't think there. I think it's a sluggish play. I don't think there's a lot of forechecking. Yeah. You know, I think that so. You know, it's a lot of dump and chase hockey. It's a lot of, uh, like I said, a lack of an aggressive forecheck. So if the puck goes in the zone, yeah, it's, good there. it's yeah, it's good. Let's let's get a change, right? <laughs> let's get a line change. There's no real pushing forward. You're not pushing your defenseman forward to keep the puck in the offensive zone. You're kind of just kind of just hanging back. It's kind of like watching teams play for overtime almost. Uh, I just think that yeah, maybe maybe there's just not. I don't know, not a lot of forcing the action, if you will. It's. Uh, it's like the old Seinfeld joke with the if the horses could you know talk to each other like during the race. It's like, hey <laughs> guys, okay, listen, let's take it easy. Nobody get hurt. <laughs> you know? It's all the, yeah, yes, yes. it's all the same oat bag, guys. Yes, yes, all the same oat. It's all the same oat bag. So I think maybe these players looking forward to their their couple of days off here. Let's just get to the break now. College hoops last night. We saw there was some excitement. So there, there was the first game of the night uh, in the top twenty-five was Virginia at Syracuse. We mm. talked about it yesterday. Virginia was a five-point favorite. They win sixty-seven, sixty-two. That's no fun. Nobody made any money off that game. Push. Baylor at Texas was exciting if you were on the spread, uh, which was four, and Texas sinks their final two free throws to win 76-71. That's why they're called free throws. you got to hit them. They're free. you got to hit them. But the game of the night came from Lubbock, Texas, where the Iowa State Cyclones, we saw Texas Tech start to take some money, and... Then you mean the Texas Tech Red Raiders who were winless in Big Twelve play? Those exact same. Okay, they Texas, were taking money. They were taking money. Interesting. And even then, it was announced that Caleb Grill, who's a key guard for Iowa State, who was expected to be out, warmed up. Mm. They announced he was going to play. All up in his grill. Money kept money kept there on uh, Texas Tech, and anybody who backed Texas Tech was probably feeling really dumb. For a while. 12.37 left in the game. 
The score was Iowa State 59, Texas Tech 36. Ouch. This is ugly if you're laying two That's and a, a half 23 points. 23 point deficit. Well, if you're trying to cover, it's a 26-point deficit. Yeah, that's bad. That's hard to come back from, right? Although, what have we always talked about on this show? When we have a lower-ranked team or an unranked team that is a favorite over a higher-ranked team or a ranked team, we bet on that team. Well, Iowa State, 17 turnovers in the game. They went on a long Run about an eight minute run where they scored four points uh, after that 12 minute mark. And Texas Tech crawls and crawls back into the game. They send it to overtime. Nice. And Texas Tech, of a 45 minute game, they were covering the two and a half point spread for exactly 55 seconds. (laughs) And they get the win 80 to 77. In overtime, this was an epic melt. I mean, there were choked free throws at the end of this game. Iowa State did everything they could to blow this game. And you talk about a team, Texas Tech, who needed a win desperately. They're probably not making the tournament at this point. But if you said, is this a tournament caliber team? I've said this all year long. Every team in the Big 12 is good enough to be in the tournament mm-hmm. and probably win a game. So the Big 12 tournament up. should be fun. Big 12 tournament is going to be amazing. Uh, but either way, a, a fantastic finish, unless you were on the uh, on the wrong side of it, I suppose. Games tonight, we got a ton of them. Big and, Tuesday. Yeah, big Tuesday. And it starts with Clemson at Boston College. Clemson minus four. And boy, I've been trying to stay away from these road favorites. Clemson minus four feels mighty short. They're beat up right now. But Boston College is terrible. I'm going to pass. Okay. But it's only my newfound discipline that's letting me pass because mm-hmm. the old me would have been firing on Clemson immediately. Uh, Virginia Tech catching four at Miami uh, or Miami if you're Pedro Martinez. The rematch of the the game that started the tailspin for Kansas. Kansas and Kansas State this time. It's at the Fog Kansas, a seven-point favorite. They are looking for revenge. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick that because they're the lower-ranked team favorite over the <laughs> higher-ranked team. They are yeah. um, eight versus eight. Seven. Yeah, I guess it makes it. it we only we use the AP poll. We don't it's, use Ken Palm. It's in the system. Okay, all right. Uh, number twenty-four in the AP poll. UConn, ten-point road favorites at DePaul. Vanderbilt catching fourteen and a half. At Alabama, what's this, a football game? (laughs) Uh, West Virginia is catching three at TCU. Indiana getting a full three on the road at Maryland. System. That kind of interests me there. Uh, Indiana number 21, Maryland unranked. But they're on the road. Maryland's at home, and they're unranked, and they're favorites over the number 21 team. Okay. And I gave this play out on Twitter. I'm going to give it out here again. San Diego State. The line's moved a little since I gave it out. I gave it out at minus two. We're now at San Diego State minus three and a half. They call that closing line At value. Nevada. They, they, they say it's great, but it don't pay the bills. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. Uh, but I think San Diego State, just a much better team, laying this short of a number on the road. Nevada kind of struggling. Uh, there's some people who are going to say, well, Nevada revenge spot because San Diego State hammered them at home. Uh, I just feel like they they hammered them at home because they're the better team. 
and they've got a great home court advantage. Uh, Nevada's good. I don't think they're this good. Uh, so San Diego State, I'll play it up to up to three and a half. Once it gets to four, it's probably probably staying away from that. Uh, but I do still think there's a little bit of value left in that number. Speaking of plays, if you'd like to get any at pregame.com, you can take 20% off using any one of our promo codes. I gave them out yesterday. I'll give them out again today. We have two that are active still. So if you haven't used either of them, use them now. Early 20 or bacon 20. Early 20, bacon 20. Either of those promo codes gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. You can get a daily best bet package, a season-long package, whatever tickles your fancy. Take 20% off. And if you are not a pregame.com member, what are you waiting for? I talk about it every single show. So what are you waiting for? You get a free $25 just for signing up. That's a free best bet. Free. F-R-E-E. Free. You can pick from whatever pregame pro you like. So... Sign up. We just told you. McKenzie's winning. Scott's winning. I'm winning. What are you doing? And it's free. It's free. Pregame.com. Go ahead. Sign up now. Use the promo codes early20, bacon20. Get 20% off on your purchase. For McKenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. AM.